0: You are now tuned in to The Spectator's Spectators. Podcast. What is happening, you guys? Welcome back to The Spectator's Podcast. I'm Packy. This is episode 108. I hope you all had a great weekend and a lovely Monday. I had a fun one, per usual. One thing I'll say about, about the married life, I'm back to having a more work during the week, Monday through Friday, play on the weekend life. And I do I do like it honestly. Single packy, the week was just kind of one big blur Monday through Sunday. I might go a whole week not touching anything work related and then be in the studio all weekend. There wasn't really any consistency there. And it was fine for the time, but I think the schedule kind of having weekends off, unless I really want to get in the studio or something, it, it works for me because it's time glow and I can set aside to do things, have fun, see friends who are also on that same schedule. Um, we celebrated my my father-in-law's birthday on Friday, grilled some steaks for him. Then Saturday, uh, Dags had sat us over to watch the, the absolute shit show that is the MSU football team. Sweet God, have mercy on my soul for having to watch that garbage this year. Thank God it's a short season. We got to play Michigan. Michigan's going to push our shit in, man. We had seven turnovers. And lost to Rutgers. We're not going to win a game this year. Then Sunday. um, Sunday. I did it you guys. I did it. I've been watching a lot of NFL football on Sundays. This last Sunday. I went to the pumpkin patch. I'm not going to lie. I had a good time. Also my fantasy teams shit to bed. So it wasn't all bad to not watch that. But hey. Don't look now. The Lions are in the mix. Keep your eyes peeled. Crazy finish this last Sunday. We owed Atlanta one from that bullshit clock runoff on the goal line a few years back. But yeah, back at it this week. Before we get into things on the pod, I want to talk about, you guessed it, Green Mitten. Green Mitten is a green inspired lifestyle brand dedicated to cannabis and culture since 2012. Based in Grand Rapids, they've been featured in High Times Magazine for the last five years. A lot of you guys know the Green Mitten Brothers, Danny and Jared, already, if you've been following me. I've been on tour with them. They're good friends of mine. They have great clothing lines. In fact, their latest line has hats, masks, windbreakers, crewnecks, and more. I was rocking my windbreaker all weekend. Um, You guys should go check that shit out at www.green-mitten.com. That's green-mitten.com. Use the promo code Packy 10 for 10% off your order. In addition to the clothes, they have glass, they have CBD. If you're ever in Grand Rapids, slide through that storefront. Otherwise, use the promo code packy 10 at Green-Mitten.com. Get that 10% off your order. Subscribe to The Spectator's Podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review for your boy. Thanks to all the loyal listeners and let's pod you are now tuned in to the spectators Spectators. podcast all right so the the last of the presidential debates was on thursday um i think it was thursday and i i liked this one a lot better first one was just a, a mess and that seemed to be the consensus i i agreed with everybody there the uh the mute button i was skeptical at first when they talked about bringing that out and I'm not gonna lie. I liked the. uh I liked how it turned out. Just yeah, you have the downside of oh these guys get to just have their spiel's without being interrupted if they're just bullshitting. But I mean, there was enough back and forth to to actually make it a debate, and they actually got to speak, and we could hear them and listen instead of just a couple of old farts fighting. Like so, th- this was much better to me. Um. The, oh, this was, the, this was the funniest part of the debate to me. Right here. President Trump, let me follow up with you quickly. By well, the way, um, I will say this. If you go and look at what's happened to New York, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. And when you talk about Plexiglas, these are restaurants that are dying. These are businesses with no money. Because- Putting a Plexiglas is unbelievably expensive. And it's not the answer. I mean, you're going to sit there in a cubicle wrapped around with plastic. It's, these are businesses that are dying, Joe. You can't do that to people. You what just can't. Can. Take a look at New York and what's happened to my wonderful city for, for so many years. I loved it. It was vibrant. It's dying. Everyone's leaving New York. Take a look Vice at what President New York I- has done in terms of the, turning the curve down in terms of the number of people dying. And I don't look at this in terms of the way he does. Blue states and red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike in the coronavirus. They're the red states. They're the states in the Midwest. <laughs> I don't think of it as blue states and red states like he does. Look how bad the red states are doing. This is, this is politics, man. I just thought that was hilarious. You know he went into the debate wanting that to be a focal point. Which I think is a good focal point. Like, we're not just Democrats and Republicans because we have become so two-party oriented. And if you're not part of my party, you're just the worst. But, yeah, we're all Americans. But, unfortunately, it just becomes super clear that that's simply a talking point for him and not how he's actually feeling when he doesn't even... He didn't even take a breath between saying that and then talking shit about the red states. (laughs) That was funny. I didn't even see a bunch of, like, people talking about that or any videos going around about that. I I guess it was just me. I found that hilarious. The other part about the, uh, about the debate that I did not find funny that was just super depressing was the coyotes thing. This is the worst part of Twitter to me. Irks me to my core. So during the debate... Trump talks about coyotes. Coyotes, in this sense, are human smugglers. They bring children into the United States without their parents, oftentimes, because it's easier for kids to get into the country than adults. I don't even remember how I came across this, but I went down the Twitter rabbit hole with the coyote search because it was trending. And oh my goodness. I just wanted to crawl into a hole. One of the top tweets, with lots of retweets and likes, was an actual elected official in Georgia. And the tweet was, Did Trump just say 545 kids that can't find their parents came over through cartels and coyotes? How the hell does a coyote bring a whole human across the border? Lord, stop talking. Now, as much as it annoys me, I understand that there are dummies amongst us, and these dummies have Twitter. So you'll always be able to find tweets like this on the interwebs. It's just part of the deal. What blows my mind, though, is that an elected official, an elected official, an attorney, watching the debate can so smugly tweet something like this, and it gets liked and retweeted by the thousands. And there were hundreds and thousands of other tweets like this from lots and lots of blue check marks, you know, the the people were supposed to take seriously. Now, I'm somewhat into politics, so I had heard the term coyotes before. I didn't think twice about it when I was watching the debate until I saw coyotes trending on Twitter. And I, I've heard it in reference to the border. But I don't expect everybody to have heard that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, you haven't heard that, dummy. I have no problem with anybody not knowing that that was a smuggler. But when a presidential candidate says that on a national debate stage, on national TV, and obviously your first thought is, what, coyotes? No way a a coyote, the animal, could bring a human across the border. Wouldn't you look it up And do five seconds of research before you just go tweet something moronic and here's another problem some people think they're doing research quote unquote research by looking through twitter like searching something on twitter and seeing thousands more dummies with the same dumb take and so they think that's their research and they join in and that's their fact check and that folks is how we create misinformed echo chambers, and we get dumber and dumber as a society. You don't have to know everything. Nobody does. But we do live in an amazing age. Yeah, we have to deal with maybe more misinformation and things like that than lots of other people used to, and we have to figure certain things out for ourselves, but there's so many resources at our fingertips. Literally a 5-10 to second Google search of coyotes at the border or coyotes bring kids into U.S. or anything like that would give you your answer. But instead, you run to Twitter and share it with the world instead. And so many people did this and interacted with it that it trends. It's so depressing thinking that we're this dumb as a group. It actually upsets me. And I hate that it does. But it's the fact that so many people see it and love it and agree with it and and they're all just getting dumber and, and thinking they're smart. And this goes for any type of you know, social media story or information. It's not just politics. I have lots of friends that I follow on Twitter that I think just retweet things that come across their timelines with no semblance of a double check. Like I've seen things pop up on my timeline and I'm like, Oh shit, that's got, you know, a hundred thousand likes. So-and-so just retweeted it quick Google search bullshit. Will we get things wrong in the age of social media here and there for sure. I've said this lots of times. We don't have time to be our own investigative journalists, you know, but we do have 60 seconds to check into something before we decide to spread that info to our hundreds and thousands of followers. I'm not saying every piece of information you come across, you have to go investigate it. But if you're going to take the time to spread it to more people, then yes, the least you can do is spend 60 seconds to take a look at it. And at least for the people that I follow, most people typically mean well, like they're trying to spread, they're trying to spread information that they think is helpful that people would want to see, but spreading bad information makes us all dumber. So we can make mistakes, we can be wrong, but if you can tell yourself, Hey, I did a quick double check before I posted and I still got it wrong. That's way better than I saw a headline and I clicked retweet because it, it fit a narrative I liked or something. So that's what I got on the debate. A couple of main things that stuck out to me. Um, in the world of football, this was kind of previous uh, previous week's news, but it, it flowed into this week. Was the the benching of of Ryan Fitzpatrick in favor of Tua. So I'm a huge FitzMagic guy. I know a lot of people are. I mean, he's he's in the fantasy football hall of fame. Just a fun character to watch play the game. He's played for a hundred different teams. Not afraid to take a hit, give his body up. Even as the old Wiley vet, he's definitely not afraid to toss that thing. Maybe a little too much for some coaches liking because part of the reason he's been on so many different teams and never found a home is because he can sometimes throw one too many picks. But for fantasy football purposes, that's no big deal. Just ask Jameis Winston. All it does is give you more points to chase. Anyway. Fitzmagic had the Dolphins off to a 3-3 three and three start, I believe, and looking good. A team that did not expect to be 3-3 three and three through their first six games. And Fitz knew he was a placeholder for Tua. He talked about it before, but like most people, he figured Tua would take over if and when the team was losing and or Fitz wasn't playing well. So it was a shock to a lot of people as well as Fitzpatrick, apparently, as well as me, that the Dolphins decided to to move to Tua now, given the fact that they were having a successful season and he was playing well. And he gave a heartfelt interview upon getting the news. Said he was heartbroken. If you're a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, it tugged at the heartstrings. If you're into sports, and I'm a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, I'm into sports, played sports, but I got to be honest. I didn't like the interview. I don't like that they benched my guy. If I if I was on that team, even if I love Tua, I wouldn't like that they benched my guy because we're in the middle of a playoff race. We're exceeding expectations. But to me, the interview was kind of unbecoming to me for a few reasons. First of all, you can't come into the organization openly talking about how you're the placeholder for Tua. So they've been completely forthcoming to you that you're just keeping his seat warm and then publicly question their timing of it when it happens. There are certain situations where public figures, especially athletes, to me, are better off letting the media do their talking. If the media is on your side anyway, the best thing you can do is sh- shut up. And to me, this was one of them. Most media was on Fitz's side here. All the stories were pro-Fitz, questioning if it was the right move by, Am- by Miami at the right time. He could have just let the media do its thing. But he did that interview, and to me it kind of came off as, as sour grapes in a situation that, even if he didn't like the timing of, I didn't like the timing of it, but he should have known it was coming eventually. Why, and, and kind of, why do I think it was sour grapes? Things like this. He said, He said I basically got fired yesterday, and my day today consisted of Zoom meetings with the guy who fired me his coach or GM, whatever, and sitting in a room with the guy who replaced me for four hours, which is Tua. No, bro. No. Now, if you're passionate about your job and love your job, like obviously Fitzmagic does, is that a weird and and shitty day? Absolutely. But you're taking it way too far with the basically got fired thing. Not to mention just the sympathy card there, like, oh, I got fired and then I had to talk to my coach and I had to be in a room with Tua and you're definitely taking it too far with the basically got fired thing. People in the real world wish that fired meant you're relieved of most of your responsibilities, but you're going to stick around the company and collect the exact same paycheck for the rest of the year. Oh, and by the way, that paycheck is $8 million. Please fire me. At this point, like, I know I, I can kind of be that guy when it comes to athletics at, at this point. I, I, do, I don't blame these athletes for, for not being able to relate to, quote, unquote, the real world or the average worker out there. Really, they're so removed from it. And we all just speak from our own experience, right? But I still feel like I have to call it out when I hear it because I basically got fired and I had to blah, blah. Bro, that paycheck is not changing. You have less responsibilities. You didn't basically get fired. You're a quarterback in the NFL. You signed with a team knowing full well you were a placeholder. And that place is getting filled now. It is what it is. I'll be interested to see how Tua does. I like Tua. I feel like Fitzpatrick made it even a little harder by playing the sympathetic figure on his way out like that. Again, I like Fitzpatrick. I I hope Miami trades him and he can go somewhere else and ball out. I'll pick him up on my fantasy team. But I just didn't like that, that move. And I don't think he set out to do it. I think it's just something that happened. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, little quick music news: Drake. Next album is confirmed. Certified Lover Boy. It'll be dropping in January. I like the Drake winter drop. If you if you're reading this, was a was a winter drop, I believe February. I think Take Care was probably no, a November drop, something around that time. I just like those vibes from Drake. I want those vibes right now. Always helps to get through the winter. So it's good to get that confirmed. Um, that's that might be it. So I did want to touch on before I get out of here. Um, the election's coming right up. I know we've talked a little politics. You're always gonna be more bogged down with the politics when the election's around the corner. Um, Anchor, the the platform I do my podcast on, they they give these sponsorships sponsorship opportunities to all their podcasters to, to push people to go vote. Certain organizations will run their own ads on your channel to to push the get out to vote. Um, it's not it's not paid, so it's not just like manipulative, but here's my take on 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 voting and really the push to vote, the marketing to vote. And Mo and I did a podcast last year very close to the election or not, was it last year? I forget when it was. I I, I, I can't believe it would have been two thousand. We weren't doing the podcast then. It must have been like a midterm election. Um, But I know we did a podcast very close to an election. I think it was the day before, actually. And and I, I posted a clip telling people, hey, if you're not informed, don't vote. If you haven't done a lick of research, don't vote. If you're just voting because people are telling you to or you want to get the sticker and post it on your Instagram, don't vote. And it was a bit of a hot button clip. It got some attention. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I stand by it 100%. And I would say the same thing to anybody this year in the same circumstances. Voting is marketed to us so heavily. On one hand, I get it and I agree with it. Voting is very important. We should be letting people know how important it is to use their voice, use their rights, and use their vote to to bring things to fruition in the country, state, city that they'd like to see. And voting is one of the easiest and best ways to do that. And I get why it's marketed as well, because voter turnout numbers are still crazy to me. Barely over 50% of voting age people actually go out and cast their votes. Each like four years. That means almost half the country can vote and doesn't. That, that's, that's always been wild to me. So I get the marketing of it. I'd love that number to be higher, but that's also the reason I believe what I believe about voting and the marketing push to vote. In an ideal world, I want 100% of voting age people in this country to vote and to know why they voted the way they did. That's ideal. At the same time, if that's not a choice, because that's the perfect world, and I'm left with these two choices, one being 100% of people vote, but 45% of them are uninformed, voting just to put the sticker on their shirt and put it on Instagram, and not because the candidate actually represents your positions. And the other choice is 55% of people vote and are actually informed instead of 100%, but 45 being uninformed. I'll go with the 55% informed vote every time and it's funny to me because the same people that will get mad at me for that are the same people that will cry on their twitters when people write in Kanye West on their ballots but it's the same thing I thought you just wanted people to vote that's what you've been telling me so why are you mad that people are writing in Kanye West on their ballots and that's the reality is people really just want others to vote if it's for the candidate that they want It's easy to say, vote, vote, vote. I want you to vote. Go out and vote. But as soon as those people find out you're not voting for their candidate, they'll be mad at you. So I'm saying either way, we all have different priorities, politics, issues that are important to us. Just get informed. I'm not telling you how to get informed or what to think. Just get informed and then vote. It's your choice. It's such a shame to me when people vote the opposite of their own interests because they just don't really know what the candidates are running on. So that's all I'm saying, guys. Figure it out on your own. Figure out your own priorities and stances on, on some major issues, whether it's healthcare, the economy, abortion, the environment, immigration, whatever. Do some research. It's one of the few good things about politicians is they have track records and things they've done. Look them up and not just what they're telling you on TV when they know the cameras are on or what the media is saying about him. Trump's had four years in office now. Find out what he's done. Do you like it or dislike it? Biden was Obama's VP for eight years right before this. Yeah, it's not the same as being president, but that combined with whatever 40-some years he's had in the Senate, you should be able to get a beat on what he stands for and the policies he's put in pl- he'd put in place. A little bit of research goes a long way, and then you can cast your vote, and you can really be proud of your vote and stand by it. So, yes, go vote. It's a beautiful thing. And then whatever the results are, remember, there's a 99.9% chance, no matter who wins the election in 2020, that it's not the end of the world. One of the beautiful things about the United States is that we have lots of freedoms, we should fight to keep them, and we should use them. The president has lots of power, of course, but our lives will go on and we'll be able to vote for different leaders for years to come. And that's my little spiel. With, with the election upon us now. I hope you all have a great week. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you get the pod in your library right away. Holler at me at Packy Raps on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. And I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. company man i do it all for the brand i give my blood to the job and i give my love to the fans really spec
1: for the job
0: never no check in advance and at the end of the month i earn the check in my hand.